Hello and welcome to Pathfinders, a podcast series from RBC Capital Markets where we explore the fast-moving world of biopharma and healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Coletti. On today's episode, I'll be talking to our global head of healthcare research and senior biotech analyst, Brian Abrams. He'll provide his perspectives on healthcare policy and the drug pricing landscape in 2024. I think we can safely predict this is going to be an eventful year on the political front with the US elections and other elections around the world. So we're gonna go beyond the ballot to translate the practical policy implications for the sector. Let's dive into the conversation. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the Inflation Reduction Act or the IRA as it's better known. You know, Congress has managed to avoid a government shutdown so far, despite threats. What does this mean for the IRA and for federal policy around healthcare in general? Well, the spending bill passed by Congress in January keeps the government active for now in the short term, but major challenges still lie ahead. Lawmakers now have to try to pass full-year spending bills before the March deadlines. If a budget isn't passed by mid-April, automatic 1% cuts will trigger, which could have a negative impact on federal agencies such as the FDA, NIH, CMS, and others. A government shutdown would also have a negative, albeit modest, impact on the biopharma industry, since the industry relies on regulators to accept new drug applications, approve manufacturing, and hold meetings about development and filing paths, as well as fund basic research. At the same time, court challenges are continuing against the IRA. Several cases are seeking summary judgment. We think change is unlikely, though, due to the complexity of the case and broad governmental authority. And when you combine that with congressional gridlock, this makes it likely, in our opinion, that IRA will be implemented in its current form, though some folks we've talked to have said it's not out of the realm of possibility, with arguments around the Eighth and Fifth Amendments still potentially viable. All right, let's stay on the IRA a little bit longer. So you talked about you know, this feeling it's unlikely that it will be changed. Let's take it as it is now. If it's rolled out as it is now, what does it, what does it mean for the sector? What might come to pass? The drug discounting that's embedded in the IRA really has a tangible negative impact for biotech players, particularly in the value ascribed to tail revenues for biopharma companies, especially companies that have drugs for diseases of older individuals who have Medicare, like cancer. It's essentially like having an artificially created patent cliff prior to a drug's actual patent expiring. And so we're already starting to see some impact to development strategies. In the past, companies would try to get a drug on the market first in a small late-stage indication for the sickest patients as a proving ground, and then test it in earlier-line larger populations. But we're seeing less of this because the clock for the IRA starts as soon as a drug is launched. It also has a preferential negative effect on small molecules as compared to biologics. And interestingly, along those lines, over half the recently announced acquisitions for cancer companies were for companies who had biologics. But IRA could also have some positive implications as well. Big farmers are going to need to replace this lost revenues caused by the IRA-related discounting, which means that they're going to be more incentivized to do M&A, and that benefits mid-cap biotechs. So you touched on patent cliffs, and I want to come back to patent policy in just a few minutes. But first, I want to stay on the kind of drug policy, drug pricing front for a second. As we sort of look at this year, the way Democrats and Republicans are sort of talking about drug policy and drug pricing, what are you hearing out there? How are you thinking about it? What do you think the narrative is going to look like again this year? Pharma and biotech are really easy to vilify and calling for lower drug prices polls very well. And indeed, the rhetoric on drug prices is already ramping up. 
Democrats are campaigning to expand the IRA, and Trump has accused Biopharma of ripping people off. If reelected, the Democrats are proposing strengthening the IRA, which would be a negative for Biopharma. And in fact, the Biden administration has reportedly been seeking to put additional measures and policies in place to try and lower drug prices, which could include controls on drugs at launch using price reviews. On the positive side, though, the Democrats have talked about expanding mental health access, which would be a positive for neuropsych companies as well as funding community hospitals, which could drive increased treatment volumes. Republican proposals um, are also mixed. Trump has said he would repeal the Affordable Care Act, which could curb some of the volume benefits of universal health care, but he wouldn't cut Medicare funding, so that could continue to drive drug volume to elderly patients. Alex Azar, Trump's ex-HHS secretary, has come out against the IRA, which suggests Republicans might try to roll back the bill, but we still think that would be tough. So I think it's fair to say that we're going to need to talk to you again as this year progresses, Brian, because I feel like we haven't heard the end of new proposals and new positions um, from either side of the aisle. And this could be a, a quite a narrative that just continues and evolves over the course of the year. I want to go back now to, to patent policy. You talked a little bit about patent cliffs, but let's talk about patent policy. What's behind some of the recent moves on patent policy? And could you talk a little bit more about what it could mean for the sector in particular. So one of the risks to the group that we've been highlighting more is what's called patent margin rights. And basically what that means is that the government can use their authority to force a company to license their patent, effectively removing patent protection for any drug that ever received federal funding, which most drugs have, if they deem price or access to be too constraining. It's something that's been around for a while conceptually, but it's never been used. But it has gotten attention more recently as the Biden administration just in December published a fact sheet with the first formal framework around it. We see this as pre-election posturing with implementation very unlikely. But if it were to happen, it could be highly disruptive given the deep reliance on IP to maintain exclusivity for drugs and the immense threat to long-term revenue for any drugs that would lose protection with this approach. Now, I know there's some other patent changes and considerations out there from a policy perspective. Could you maybe just kind of briefly touch on some others that you're going to be watching? We're watching the PARA Act, which is a major reform bill that tightens the definition of what types of inventions could be patentable, as well as the PREVAIL Act, which streamlines the patent challenge process. But we think both of these are unlikely to move this year due to the deadlocked Congress. The FTC has a directive on improper orange book patent listings, which could limit companies' ability to secure 30-month stays from generic entrants, but the impact of this was unclear. And then the USPTO is working with the FDA to try and reduce patents that are granted for obvious or just incremental advances, which could limit evergreening and other biopharma IP lifecycle strategies. I want to pivot next into maybe some other broader developments as we think about uh, you know, what's happening on sort of the government policy front that, that could hit the sector in the year ahead. In regards to the Federal Trade Commission, FTC has definitely taken a harder line stance scrutinizing deals of late. But the challenges to deals seem to have slowed, biopharma deals are getting done, and M&A is starting to pick up in spite of the stricter regulation. Additionally, and this is particularly important, smaller companies and deals are probably not going to be as much of a target for the FTC. And these are what really helps drive the biotech sector, not necessarily the mega mergers. We'll see if this continues with a few recently announced acquisitions as potential test cases, including AbbVie for Cerevel and Novartis for Morphosis. On the federal court side, there's a class action lawsuit against Gilead that will determine whether companies have a duty to innovate. 
which could have major implications both for biopharma and other sectors that we think Gilead would likely settle before we got to a final ruling. And then on the Federal Reserve, higher rates probably drove investors out of biotech in the last year, but predicted steady cuts through 2026 could support a return of capital. We've seen historically a clear inverse correlation between the Fed funds rate and the XBI biotech index. What about the state level? What kind of state-led regulations are you paying attention to? So we're very closely watching the rollouts of these state drug pricing boards, and we think that's an underappreciated threat to the sector. States are seeking material drug discounts of 30% or more. We think this could be a real risk, but legal challenges are likely to push full implementation out beyond 2026, so it's a much longer-term consideration. Currently, there's four states who have active price review boards, 16 others have advisory boards or are considering legislation, which would cover almost 100 million Americans. The Colorado board has been investigating several drugs. We'll likely see a decision there in mid-2024, and that can be an important litmus test. And then Maryland will be voting on broadening their board's authority around the middle of this year. In general, the states have enacted 49 healthcare laws this year, which is 50% more versus the past two years, with the biggest focus being on PBMs, but also with some laws capping insulin and EpiPen costs. And Texas and Florida have established drug import programs uh, from Canada, but we think implementation of that would be uncertain. So there's a a lot to unpack both at the federal and state level. There's a lot of global elections going on this year. You know, what other policy changes are you seeing and are you and the team watching sort of outside in the U.S. that people need to pay attention to? The one we're watching most closely is the European Commission's recent recommendation to overhaul their current system of pharmaceuticals. It proposes incrementally unfavorable changes such as regulatory exclusivity adjustments, greater potential unification on access and pricing, and a push towards efficient biosimilar or generic entry although there are some potentially positive changes, such as faster approval timelines. But either way, it's likely to take years before this gets codified into law, which would limit the near-term impact to the biotech space. Globally, the 15% minimum tax rate will take effect this year across many countries, and that may limit biotech's abilities to use foreign domiciles as tax havens and could incrementally increase tax rates. The EU is also working to address drug supply through a new critical medicines alliance, and the UK has approved branded drug price increases of 4% through 2028, which is up from 2%. And when you think about some of the other regions of the world, the impacts are likely mixed from Canada. They have an agile licensing proposed, which would bring drugs to market six months faster, but they're also working to reform drug pricing using 11 reference countries. And in China and India, Several recent pro-industry patent rulings and proposed initiatives making patents harder to challenge could spur more biotech investment there. So we've covered a lot of topics on in our discussion today. Maybe we can sort of take people and, and sort of summarize in a little bit of a different way. How do you think biotech is positioned as a sector to sort of, you know, weather, but also sort of, um, you know, continue to, to move forward and drive the innovation that it has been driving for a number of years now? So there's a lot of tailwinds for the group. Cooling interest rates may bring investment back and see a return to stock price growth. Historically, biotech does best when government control is split, which is a very possible outcome of this upcoming election season. And governmental regulators, namely the FDA, are more permissive than ever. We actually were just on a webcast with FDA Commissioner Dr. Califf that really corroborated that flexibility. So when you combine that with the innovation that's going on, we do think we're turning the corner relative to where we were just a year ago. But we do think drug pricing policy will be in the spotlight into the U.S. general election, which could create negative optics. 
And there are some potential disruptors which don't get as much attention, like march-in rights and state initiatives, which, while lower likelihood, still do create simmering risk overhangs on the group that we think are worth keeping an eye on. But overall, we're more optimistic on biotech into 2024. This has been a great conversation today. I think we really went beyond the ballot. And we're going to have you on again, Brian. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Pathfinders and Biopharma, brought to you by RBC Capital Markets. Please remember to subscribe to stay up to date on future episodes. This episode was recorded on February 9th, 2024. If you'd like to learn more or continue the conversation, please visit rbccm.com forward slash biopharma. See you all next time. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.